Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. It is my uh, privilege to, um, to deliver a message this morning. Mark asked me a couple weeks ago, actually a couple months ago, I said no. He asked me a few weeks ago, I said okay. Um, so here we are. Uh, would you pray with me this morning? Lord, my prayer this morning is that, um, that your word will be spoken and uh, that we're going to see something in Scripture this morning as we study it together um, that's going to be different, maybe something new. Um, that is my heart's desire this morning, uh, that these are going to be your, your words. And, that, um, and even more so, Lord, I know that uh, it's your desire um, to draw us closer to you. So that is our prayer uh, as we study your word together. This morning. Amen. All right. So I have a, a little activity to start. Um, I thought I'd try to make this as, as engaging as possible. Uh, so um, our ushers are passing around little sheets of paper. You can either use the paper or you can use your phone, use your smart device if you'd rather type on that. But I have a question for you. Um, the question is this. If there was somebody that, that knew you pretty well, not your best friend, uh, because that would they would be kind of biased. But if somebody that knows you pretty well were to introduce you to somebody that knows nothing about you, what words would they use to describe you? Let me say that again. So if somebody that knows you pretty well, they know you, you have a relationship with them, um, and they were describing you to somebody that knew nothing about you and said, hey, tell me about Charlie, uh, for example. What what, What are some of those words that they would use? Go ahead and take the piece of paper and jot down uh, your answers or use your smartphone. And it, it could be things like, for example, oh, he's a dad, he has three kids, or uh, she's a stay-at-home mom, uh, he's a hard worker, he's uh, uh, full of energy, um, she's super athletic. Um, so there are several words. I'm not looking just for one. Uh, just take a few minutes and kind of, this is self-reflection. What are some of those words they would use? Or you would want them to use. And by the way, this is for everybody. Everybody gets to play here. Um, whether you're a Christian, non-Christian, uh, whether you're a believer, whether this is your first time here, uh, go ahead and participate. My message this morning is really going to be targeted at, at those of us that would call ourselves Christians. Um, and, uh, but for this activity, everyone gets to play. Okay, do we have a few words written down or thoughts in our head? And this is kind of, this is the convicting, you'd expect this on a Sunday morning, this is the convicting part of, of, uh, of church. Is one of those words, does one of those words have anything to do with your faith? We would hope the answer is yes. I'm seeing some gentle nods. Yes, that's good. Does it say Christian or full of faith or they're a prayer warrior? They love God, something like that. Um, That's great. If it does, that's fantastic. Now, the next question I'll ask is, if you were to describe, um, if you were to describe your faith or your Christianity, if you would consider yourself a Christian, what would that be? You don't have to write this down. It's just something to ponder or think about. What is your answer to that? If somebody says, you're a Christian, why, why are you a Christian? Why do you call yourself a Christian? 
Some of us might answer, uh, I have a, a relationship with, with Jesus. I've asked him into my life. Um, some of us might say, well, I go to church. I go to church Sunday morning, and I'm a Christian, I go to church. Um, there are several answers we could have there, right? Some of us might even say, um, I believe, I'm a Christian, I believe, in, I believe that God exists. And so I would consider myself a Christian. Something, something to, uh, to consider or to think about. You might find it interesting to know, as I was studying uh, for the message this morning, I found that, that the word Christian is only mentioned three times in the New Testament. Three times in the Bible is the word Christian mentioned. Instead uh, of the word Christian being used, oftentimes we see the word follower. They're a Jesus follower. They're a disciple, right? We see a disciple or an apostle mentioned. And I love that because we can kind of, if you're anything like me, we can kind of hide behind the word Christian, right? Um, we can't so much hide behind the word follower. The, the word follower, the word disciple, uh, and we don't really use the word disciple these days. We use the, uh, it's kind of a modern, the modern day version of the word disciple is apprentice. Somebody that's kind of learning or somebody that's following someone else is an apprentice. And I love the, the uh, word disciple or the word apprentice or follower because there's, an, there's an, a um, kind of inherent uh, action uh, in, involved in that word. Christian, the word Christian is kind of like a, just a, it's a word. It just is, it's kind of a describing word, but it's, there's not, not a sense of action. But there is if we think about being a follower of Jesus. So as a church, as a church body, uh, as a family, I'd like to encourage us, maybe challenge us a little bit this morning. Uh, I certainly felt myself challenged this week um, as, I, as I'm preparing for this, um, to be more action-based uh, in my faith. Now, as we study the Word, um, one of the things I love about the Bible, um, as I get older and maybe wiser and lose less and less hair, uh, or lose more and more hair, I guess, um, is the fact that our, the Bible, our faith, and the thing that we live our lives on, for those of us that may have one of those adjectives that we wrote down on a piece of paper, our Bible is not, and our, our faith is not fragile. We, have a, we, have a, we can have a confidence in the Word of God. It's, it can be historically proven. This is not just some kind of ethereal, kind of fake, we hope, kind of belief. This is real. This is factual. These, these, and, and sometimes, I was talking with Pastor Mark about this a few weeks ago, I almost kind of shy away of saying, let's, let's look at the Bible, let's look at a story in the Bible. The, the, even the word story seems to have this connotation of it could be real, it could be true, it could be not true. But instead, let's, when we read the Bible, let's look at this as a kind of an account. Let's look at the account, the factual account of what happened. And as we do that, we'll see a central theme uh, in the Bible. We'll see a word that just is repeated over and over. And as Christians, um, it is central to our faith. Our faith, is, faith is the word, and it is central to our experience in him. Um, and that's actually kind of a distinctive for us, too. So we, we are a four-square church. That's a denomination that we belong to. And the Foursquare Church is a Protestant. Maybe this is some of some some of this is new to you, but the Protest the Foursquare Church is a Protestant um, faith, and the word uh, or or kind of think of, of it as a branch of Christianity, right? So under the under the branch of uh, under the umbrella of Christianity, you have Catholicism, 
You have Orthodox religions, you have Protestant religions. And under the Protestant religion, faith is central to how we are saved, right? There are different types of faith. Um, the faith that I want to talk about this morning is this kind of living, daily faith that we have. We, we do have a saving faith that's referred to in Ephesians. We're saved through faith. We're not saved through works. Um, that is part of the Protestant belief system. Um, but the faith I want to talk about this morning is this living faith. Let me read you the definition, the Webster's definition of the word faith. Um, it comes from a Latin word, um, Fidus, which means to trust. The word faith means to trust. Uh, it goes on to say it's, uh, it's a quality of keeping one's promises. And we think about that in our real world. There are some people that we have faith in, and there are some people we don't have faith in. The ones we have faith in, we have a confidence, right? There's this inherent confidence. I know that if um, you know, Kathleen says she's going to do something, she's going to do it. Because I have confidence, I have that faith in her. It also goes on to say in Webster's, um, a faith is a belief or trust in the loyalty to God um, and a firm belief in the absence of proof. So in other words, we, our faith, we're not, we can't look at it, we can't see it. We, that happens after the fact. But a faith is this hope that we, and this confidence, the sense of faith that we have that something's going to happen. In Hebrews um, 11... It says this. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, for the evidence of things not seen. Right? Same thing. This faith that we can't see, but we have this, this confidence that this is going to happen. If we continue to read on in Hebrews, we see it says there's more to it. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. This is, if you want a convicting verse in your life, Let's sit on this for a while, right? And without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to anyone, that's me, that's you, anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. I don't know about you, but I want to be known more than somebody that it just exists. Like, for example, if, if I said, you know, my son or daughter or my wife... Uh, tell me about Lars. Yeah, he's, he exists. He's right there. He exists, right? I, I, want, I don't know about you, but I want more than that. I want to be known for somebody that blesses my kids. And he, he says it right here. He rewards those who earnestly seek him. One of the greatest, uh, one of the greatest um, joys in my life is when my kids come to me. And, and I think... Um, and it could be this, you know, the most simple, basic thing. But then when they say to Kelly uh, and me, and they say, uh, can you help me with this? Or, Dad, I don't know what to do about such and such. I'm like, okay, hero time, right? I can, I can reward them. I can, I can help them. They're coming to me. They, they're putting their confidence in me. That's what this is talking about. Um, as we look at Hebrews... Um, and we continue on through the, the Bible, we, also, we, we're, we see here that, again, it's more than just existing, um, but that he wants to reward us um, if we pursue him. There's that action word. There's that faith. Faith requires action. Not just this belief, but action. Um, turn with me, if you would. Take your Bible or your smart device, uh, if you have the Bible app or something similar. Um, 
and uh, turn with me to Matthew chapter 8, 1 through 13, and we're going to read this together. I'm going to read from the message version. I just think it's a, the message translation is just a more contemporary uh, version of the Bible. I'd like, um, there are several versions as I'm studying the word, uh, but I want to read this uh, with you. So Matthew is found in the New Testament, um, first book of the New Testament, and it sounds like pages have stopped, so let's, uh, let's read this together. Jesus came down the mountain with the cheers of the crowd still ringing in his ears. Then a leper appeared and went to his knees before Jesus praying, Master, if you want to, you can heal my body. Jesus reached out and touched him saying, I want to, be clean. Then and there, all signs of leprosy were gone. Jesus said, don't talk about this all over town. Just quietly present your healed body to the priest along with the appropriate expressions of thanks to God. Your cleansed and grateful life, not your words, will bear witness to what I've done. Verse 5. As Jesus entered the... uh, So this is kind of a... Could be the same day, could be the next day, we're not sure. As Jesus entered the village of Capernaum, a Roman captain came up in a panic and said, Master, my servant is sick. He can't walk. He's in terrible pain. Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. Oh no, said the captain. I don't want you to put... I don't want to put you through all that trouble. Just give the order and my servant will be fine. Verse 9. I'm a man who takes orders and gives orders. I tell, no one, I, I, I tell one soldier to go, and he goes. To another, come, and he comes. To my slave, do this, and he does it. Taken back, Jesus said, I've yet to come across this kind of simple trust or faith in Israel. The very people who are supposed to know all about God and how he works. This man is the vanguard, or this man is the first of many outsiders who will soon be coming from all directions, streaming down from the east, pouring in from the west, sitting down at God's kingdom banquet along Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Verse 12. Then, those who grew up in the faith, in parentheses, those of us that grew up in the faith, could be us, but had no faith, will find themselves out in the cold, outsiders to grace, and wondering what happened. Then Jesus turned to the captain and said, Go. What you believed could happen has happened. At that moment, his servant became well. So we, t- we see um, a couple different accounts here. One, the first account is the leper who came to Jesus and said, I need this. This is for me, right? Uh, and in the same way, we can go to Jesus. Lord, I need something. I'm, my faith is wavering, but I have confidence. I need, my, I need my confidence rebuilt for something in my life, right? Uh, the second, second example we see here is a captain. This Roman captain, and a lot can be said about that. Just kind of the, the opposite of this leper, right? This Roman captain who had authority, who had stature. Um, but he came not for himself, but for someone else. So in the same way, just be reminded, church, that we have the ability, we have the offer to come to Jesus, not for just our own things and needs, but we can go to others, right? We can go on behalf of others that need him. Um, I don't know about you, but as I think about, uh, as I read through that scripture verse, I think we need to, um, one thing that jumped out at me was the difference between will and can, right? There's, I don't, in my world, if somebody says Lars will do that, or Mary will do that, or Sue, oh yeah, she's good at that, she, she will do that. All of a sudden, there's this inherent kind of, responsibility or expectation that somebody's going to do something, right? And there's kind of this tension that exists. 
Um, like, and I was thinking about this this morning. Richie, oh, yeah, like after we're done with worship practice, I could pick up the cables, but no, Richie will do it, right? I'm putting that on, to, on Richie to do. He's not choosing to do it. I'm just saying I've seen him do it before. He'll do it, right? There's a difference between that versus can, right? And we see that in the scripture. Um, let's read this scripture um, a little bit more closely, just a couple of them. Matthew 8, 2. Then a leper appeared and went to his knees before Jesus, praying, Master, if you want to. Not, Master, will, you will do this. It says, if you want to, you can. Right? There's a big difference between will and can. So as we examine our lives, Lord, as we pray, as we look at ways that we in, in building our faith, are we looking at God as saying he will do something? Or are we looking at God and saying he's capable of doing something. He can do something. We're putting our confidence, our, our faith is built on can. Let's go to another uh, related verse. Taken back, verses 8 through 12. Taken back. Just stop and think about that for a second. Taken back. As, as um, I may have gone too, too fast here. Well, so as, as uh, this Roman captain came back came and said, Jesus, will you heal my servant? Jesus' response was, wow. He was taken, like, he stepped back. Can you imagine doing that to Jesus? Like, can you imagine surprising or, like, him saying, wow, look at that. As you're on your knees, look at, look at that. Look at what they're doing. Um, I'll come and heal him. Oh, no, said the captain. And can you imagine saying that to Jesus? Oh, no. Jesus would be like, I'm going to go heal him. You're like, oh, no, oh no, you don't. Like, think about that for a second. Like, that's kind of... So, uh, no, you're not going to do that. Um, because all you need to do... Um, uh, then Jesus turned to the captain and said, go, what you believe could happen. Again, there it is. There's that word could, right? Not that you would, would do it, but that you could. Uh, and this has happened. Um, and at that moment... Um, it happened, and and, uh, and the man was healed. As you think about faith, as we think about this word faith, this living faith, not a saving faith, but this living faith, I would ask you this morning just to pause for a second and identify something in your life that you're looking for faith, more faith in. It could be a healing. It could be salvation for a friend. Um, it could be I don't know. You, you know, right? You know what it is. It could be finances. Maybe we're struggling financially in some areas. Um, maybe it's a relationship, a broken relationship. Maybe it's graduation, right? We're coming on to these kind of uh, times in a few months where we'll be graduating. What's my next step in life going to be? I don't know what it is, but you know what that is. So I would ask you this morning just to consider that and, and identify exactly what it is that, uh, that you want to pray um, and ask and seek uh, God for. Let me give you a couple different ways to help you with that, right? It's one thing to say, okay, identify it. You need more faith. Identify where you need more faith and just go do it, right? And I could drop the mic and say, okay, I'm done. But let me give you a couple practical things that you can do uh, as we um, come to a close here. Number one, um, we need to apply God's word. I mean, I could... 
we can go on on and on about this, right? We, we need true application. We need to understand what God's word says, and then we need to do it. It's not just enough to read it and put it down and then come back next Sunday and we'll read a few verses again. We need practical application of God's word. And if you want to know where to start, start in Proverbs. Proverbs, the, the book of wisdom. And don't just read it, do it. Big difference between knowing it and doing it. Uh, the second um, practical way to do this it says this in Proverbs well kind of <laughs> this is relationships right point number two find people that have great faith and surround yourselves with those people right if you're surrounded by turkeys guess what you might be a turkey like it's you know if it walks like a duck right um but if you want to soar like eagle if you want to have this great tremendous faith that god wants you to have in him surround yourself find yourself find people that you can that have that grace and grace or um, faith and latch on to them spend time with them life group is a great way to do this i'm not saying we've arrived and but we've seen great faith in people uh that have just encouraged us and, and spurred us on so personal relationships um, are, are critical. You won't find the eagles, turkeys thing, but, but Proverbs does say this. It does say, become wise by walking with the wise. Hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. Right? Practical application. Be careful and watch who you hang out with. Private disciplines, number three. Money, time, and food. So Matthew 6 talks about those three things specifically. The things that are most precious to us, right? We need food to survive. But the thing that, one of the things, I think the the biggest thing uh, that prevents us from growing in our faith is is money and time. What are we doing with those things? Are we faithful? Are we confident in what God can do with those things in our life? Are we spending time in prayer? And when we pray, just like the leper, the first thing it says, on his knees... On his knee. There's something so powerful about changing your posture when you talk to God. So I encourage you to do that. And in life circumstances, which life is hard, let's face it, right? If we're being real, life can be really hard sometimes. But in those moments where life is difficult, and even in those moments where life is, you know, quick story, um, I, I got to wrap it up here. Quick story, life moment. So this week, this past week, Annika, I get a call from my daughter, Annika. She's like, Dad, I'm worried. I said, what's the problem? She said, I see a lost dog. Like, I'm driving around, this dog is lost. And she gave me permission to share this. She, I, I said, okay. I said, Annika, don't worry. And she said, no, Dad, that's why I'm calling you. I'm, I'm worried. I said, I, okay, I get it, but I'm thinking, call the police. Call. I said, Annika, you know what? Just don't worry about it. She's like, Dad, this is not helpful. I was like, okay, got it. I said, let's pray. Go pray about that. That's what we need to do. That's the confidence that God wants for us in our lives. He wants to reward us, and he wants to know that we're confident, not just in the big life moments when there's death and when there's these big moments in our lives, but he wants, he wants to see confidence even in the small things. So as we end, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So where is your faith this morning? My faith, 
um, or my hope for this church as a body of believers, as a family, is that we're going to go take our faith into action. We're not just going to rest in the fact that God exists, and he does, but we're actually going to put our faith into action by praying into those things, by identifying those things and praying into those things and having full confidence, just like we have confidence in people, we have full confidence that God is going to help us and deliver us. And by the way, when he doesn't seem to show up and that happens, that's his will, right? That's not our, we, he knows, he knows what we want. He knows our hearts. He knows what's in our hearts. Uh, but maybe there's a process in that process of, of you pursuing him and putting your faith in him. It may not happen instantly, but there's a process involved, and our faith will be built. And our confidence, that's what he wants. He's just looking down and saying, do you believe? Not, not do you believe that I will, but do you believe that I can? Right? I'm Superman. I've got this. I can do this. So do you believe that? So um, there's so much more to share. Um, but that's my takeaway. That's my hope for us, is that we believe in, in a God that can this morning. So, will you pray with me this morning? Dear Lord, this is a convicting message for me. Just being honest and, and uh, transparent, Lord, I, I need more faith. Help me identify things, Lord. Help us identify things in this in our lives that where we can just um, stop resting in our abilities, but we can rest knowing that you can. Lord, we love you. Um, help us to pursue you. Help, um, help us to dig into your word. Help us to apply the word. Help us to be surrounded by people that are full of faith. They're in this room, Lord. They're, they're, there are men and women in this room that are just full of confidence and full of faith, um, full of faith in you. Help us to be surrounded and reminded that those people are, exist and not just exist, but that they are ready to help us when we need it. Um, we love you, Jesus. And for those that, um, that would not call yourself a Christian or those of you that have, have not um, put your full faith or um, hope and salvation in him, Lord, I just, uh, you know who they are and they know, know who they are. Lord, my prayer this morning, my deepest prayer is that they will just begin that relationship with you this morning, that they will just start, take one step forward towards you to start that um, just awesome, awesome relationship that's available to us, that you've made available to us on the cross. We love you, Lord. We thank you for this time. Um, and just give us the courage, Lord. Just give us the courage to step out in more faith. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 